Did you never saw that? Oh my no. God. Okay, there's this like little yeah. girl. I don't know. Yeah, she, she she's like a toddler, and she <laughs> looks like she's like in these like little cute little pink PJs, and her hair is all like messy, and mm-hmm. I think she's like a little ginger baby, Aww. and she just but she just looks so demented, and she's like snacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. So anytime oh we God. see a snack in this house, we always go snacks. <laughs> Oh, well now i'm gonna do that oh she keeps she, go, she keeps saying it over and over again like i'm gonna for real find the video and send it to you because i can't believe you have not seen it because that video actually went viral a few years ago so yeah but i missed all of the viral videos that happened <laughs> years ago i was a year late on cash me outside how about dash me <laughs> i literally was a year late and i started saying it and everybody was like <laughs> no <laughs> like so just funny. give it to me yeah that's me i'm too hipster i just <laughs> i avoid the viral the viral Thank comes you. to me when it's ready <laughs> well as it should <laughs> okay this this actually needs to happen now because i'm actually i can't i can't move on until i show this to you so i'm gonna literally oh i'm uploading this onto our google doc right now oh so okay you can see the it, video but- the at least snack? The link. Okay. Yeah, at least the link to it because, I mean, this is a very important situation that we have going on here. So I'm going to put it on the general script one. Okay. So that way you can see. A live reaction. <laughs> is it working? <laughs> Snacks! Snacks! She's so aggressive! <laughs> Snacks! Snacks! <laughs> She's like, (laughs) that's cute. She's our mascot, is what she is. I love her. Snacks. I love that she goes, snacks. Like, (laughs) she's like a golem, like a baby golem. No, so I said she's slightly demented, and it, but it's really cute. Love it. Interrupted. Welcome to Film Interrupted, a podcast for amateur film lovers by amateur film lovers. I'm Mel. And I'm Chloe. And today we are back with our uh, list of favorite movies. And this week we've got Chloe with her very interesting pick. <laughs> oh, God. Da-da-da-da! <laughs> Big fish. Big fish. Big fish. Which, by the way, I'm just going to say, um, I'm not going to say how I felt yet, but all I'm going to say is that at the end when I noticed, when I saw that it was directed by Tim Burton, yeah, I like breathed a sigh of relief and was like, that makes sense. <laughs> So that's what I have to say about that. Jesus, I'm so nervous. No, Um, don't be. It's one of your favorite movies. So just, you know, flow from the hat. (laughs) Well, yeah well and i i did say that it is it is a it was a fantasy film so i i did mention that and yeah tim burton like his most mellow film is would be probably considered a fantasy film even if it's oh for sure and it was it's almost more magical realism which why is why i did not see it coming whatsoever (laughs) 
I like started it. I'm like, this is gonna be a cute little movie it's with Ian <laughs> McGregor. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what? I, it's like, very whimsical. Um, I, and I'd never even seen the trailer, so really? I went into this blind. I do that. I do that. Oh, well, I've, I've been doing that with all of yours, so I ah, yes, it's the best. I think that's the best way to go into these. I, is I like, agree. Don't read the synopsis until like I mean, don't read anything about it if it's not your week and you've never seen it. So right, yeah, just go into it completely open minded. <sighs> So, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Okay. So, Big Fish, it's um, directed by Tim Burton. Yes. Um, and it's actually a novel by uh, Daniel oh, Wallace. Yeah, okay. Which I have not read, but it's been on my list actually yeah. every single time I go into half price books. It's one oh. of the ones that I always look for, and I have yeah. yet to be lucky enough to find oh. it. So, but synopsis on this one is a. Pretty simple, straight to the point. <laughs> a frustrated son tries to determine the fact from fiction in his dying father's life. So mm. it has a good cast. It has a amazing cast. Amazing cast. That was yes. one of my notes. This this is an amazing, yeah, just yeah. incredible. Super good. Uh, Ewan McGregor, the mm. god that he is. Um, mm. Albert Finney, the other god that he is, <laughs> uh, Billy Crudup, Jessica Lange, the goddess herself, mm-hmm. and the other goddess, Helena Bonham mm-hmm. Carter. I was waiting for it, yeah. Oh, she's so... Killer. Killer. Okay, she's yeah. incredible. Yeah, so this movie, fantasy, very whimsical, very Tim Burton-esque, like, once you, like, once you find out that it's him, obviously, it makes sense. Just, this movie is one of these movies that it, it kind of... I don't remember. Actually, I should have written down whenever this movie came out. Um, I'll just pull it up right now because it's actually on my webpage. But um, yeah, so this movie, whenever it came out, it it 2003 so Hmm. i remember watching it and loved it loved love loved every part of it and i think that whenever it came out i actually didn't fully get all the the messages throughout the film you Mm. know because i mean when it came out was 2003 i was like in middle school you know i like i wasn't really paying attention too much (laughs) you watched this in middle school (laughs) yeah yeah. Oh my god. Yes, of course I did. Girl, of course I watched, you did. Like, I of watched course the Exorcist when I was like seven. Oh my god, of course you did. Yeah, of course I did. Uh, there's a reason I am the way I am. Um, <laughs> Aw. Yeah, when this movie came out, I was in like middle school, so I didn't really, I, of course I was more focused on the craziness, the, the magic of what you're kind of seeing on screen, you know, so I really didn't get a lot of the undertones as much. I didn't really get a lot lot of the messages and stuff like that and this movie i i mean one of the first notes i put was like the lines from this movie are amazing a lot of the like quotes and stuff like that like whenever mm-hmm. i was looking for a quote for our insta page i was like there's so many good ones i don't yeah. know which one to pick and i had a hard time picking it and i'm sure that these are all direct quotes from the book which is why i really want to read it but, right yeah that uh, makes sense yeah it's a 75 percent on rotten tomatoes so kind okay of- it's passing passing yeah so we got two in a row that were like mid 70s mm-hmm. for rotten tomatoes but the audience score is 89 percent. so mm-hmm. the audience really likes it a lot but mm-hmm. the uh, critics are they're like eh, it's yeah. good. so <laughs>
Um, yeah, so this movie, it starts off with our lead, Edward Bloom. He is a very, very charismatic, wonderful man. Just super likable. And he's telling the story of how he caught the infamous uh, fish, the big fish, the beast. Mm-hmm. And how it just kind of sets this whole story up for how much he likes and enjoys telling stories, particularly this one. Mm-hmm. And... We see his son and kind of throughout the years and how he has heard the story throughout his life. We kind of immediately get the sense that it bothers his son, especially as he gets older. He's constantly, he's telling his prom date. But yeah, and so he's telling the story at his wedding during his speech and the son, William, is not super happy about it. And I mean, there's there's such good lines, too, that he says, like he like Mm. he's telling this whole story about like, that's the day that his son was born. Like he was that's what he was doing when his son Mm. was being born. Mm -hmm. And he caught this big fish by putting his wedding ring on the end of the fishing line. And that's how he caught it using real gold. One of the lines that he says is uh, that's the day that I learned the only way to catch an uncatchable woman is to offer her a wedding ring, which is (laughs) sweet because of this issue. Him and his son don't speak for three years. And uh which i was thought was a little extreme but (laughs) yes absolutely (laughs) it is what it is um and so they kind of speak indirectly uh through his mom his mom is played by jessica lange Mm. uh so she plays sandra so william is kind of he's telling the story of his father uh we he's kind of narrating the beginning of this whole thing and he's basically stating how it's it's hard for him growing up to kind of separate like fact from fiction when it comes to his dad and everything that he says and how the separate the man from the myth is what he says so we get this whole thing where he's talking about the day that (laughs) the day that he was born that edward was born and so we get the birthing scene in the hospital where like the baby goes like shooting out and go sliding down the hallway throughout the hospital, which was like kind of hilarious. And I'm sure you, at that point you were thinking, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> Actually, the first note that I wrote was not sure what this is about. What am I getting myself into? So yeah, pretty much. I'm so sorry. No, it's interesting. It <laughs> is. <laughs> well, just don't hold back. So if you have an, like, a, like an opposing opinion, please. No, just, honestly, just up at this point, I was like, okay, this is this is cute. Like, there's <laughs> something going on. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, and also, okay, can I just say, I was yeah. very surprised at the size of the fish. It is a big ass fish. Oh yeah, like it really is. And I was like, what yeah. the hell? Oh my god. Okay, that's all. That's yeah, it, that's my that's- notes probably why it's called the beast it's just big it's a beast yeah yeah um so william gets a call from his mother um and that his dad his dad's been sick for a while and it's kind of taken a turn for the worse so him and his very pregnant wife josephine <gasps> Marianne Cotillard. Uh, yes. Love please. her. Yes. Uh, they leave uh, pretty much that night to go see him and to go be with him. This movie pretty much is made up entirely of like flashbacks of Edward's life. And we mm. see, um, I mean, we see a lot of the the main point of this storyline is uh, William, his struggle with uh, accepting his dad for who he is. So yeah, so we see a lot of flashbacks or finger, you know, quotes flashbacks because we don't know necessarily what is real and what isn't. Um, And so the first of which is whenever we see Ed when he was about 10 and it's the story of the witch. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we see uh, Helena Bonham Carter, 
Her mm-hmm. first appearance, she plays the witch with the uh, glass eye, the magical glass eye. And that's where we see baby Miley Cyrus. Yes. <laughs> I literally her. wrote that in my notes. Baby Miley Cyrus. I oh know. my gosh. She's so, so cute. And cute. Um, yeah. And so they're talking about how like she's, oh, lady's a gypsy and she's a, or she's a witch. Um, I, there, there's a line where like the kids were like, your mama's a gypsy. And he's like, your mama's a bitch. It <laughs> <laughs> just made me laugh every time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and their little Alabama accent. Yeah, I love it. I love their accent. Your mama's a bitch. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so she, the the legend is that the magical eye will, you, when you look into the magical eye, it'll show you how you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ed and like the kids that dared him to go get the eye, to go get the witch, whatever, they see how they're going to die. One of them dies in his old age, falling off a ladder. The other one dies on the toilet from like some sort of like a heart attack or something. That was- <laughs> While reading a Playboy <laughs> magazine that well, was reading funny. a playboy magazine yeah funny. and then uh we don't get to see how ed dies but he does and mm. he immediately takes a perspective of and you kind of get this right from the start you kind of you know listen back to this and realize this is how ed decides to live his entire life is because he takes this moment where he supposedly saw how he was gonna die and knowing this he's like well that means that everything else in my life i will survive because I know how I'm going to die. So if I know what to expect. I can just live my life as if I'm invincible <laughs> mm-hmm. because he knows how, how he's supposed to go. So flash forward, Will and Josephine, they arrive and they talk about how it's not Ed, Ed's time and how he saw it in the eye. And Ed's like, you know, we're both storytellers and just Ed tells his, he speaks his and Will writes. We kind of see how like Will has taken after his dad. He he has this way of telling stories where it's just like very, so elaborate, so mm-hmm. over the top, very fiction based. Like he likes to just add a lot of exaggeration, a lot of flair to his storytelling. Yeah. And Will's more of a realist like that's not the way that he's telling stories he doesn't see it as telling a fun story he sees it as telling a lie you know that you're Mm -hmm. not being you're not being honest part of this is saying goodbye to his father but a huge part of his reason for wanting to see his father before he goes is he wants to learn the truth like because he feels like he's been lied to all his life because of all his father's grand stories we get another flashback and it's uh, it's Ed spending three years in bed because he is having like a growth spurt. <laughs> Wait, that was so funny. What the heck? His yeah. shirt like pops open in church. Yeah. Like that like, was like, cute. the lady in the back of the head. Yeah. So um, good. Yeah. And so he's like reading the encyclopedia and he reads this, reads this little thing about a goldfish and he decides that the reason for his growth is that he was intended for larger things just like mm-hmm. a goldfish. So another key thing on how ed lives his life like it just and it plays into the whole title is that he's just a big fish you know Mm -hmm. or he's meant to be a big fish we see kind of teenage ed bloom he is like a star athlete he's a science whiz he's like an all-around hero (laughs) and he beats out we see i'm like yeah is that roy from the office (laughs) i was like and i was gonna say it's funny because I was actually listening to uh, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. They have a podcast called Office Ladies, and yes. they do a like a 
a recap of like every single episode of The Office. And they were talking about how the actor uh, David, I believe is his name, he he's so good at playing like jerks, mm-hmm. but he's actually genuinely the nicest man that you'll oh. ever meet. Like he's so sweet. It, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, oh, he's just like a giant teddy bear is what they kind of oh. describe him as. But he does play a bit of a not so. I mean, he's not horrible. But yeah, when eventually fast forward mm. a bit, when Ed leaves, he's definitely the only one that's like not sad to see him go oh for he's, sure he's yeah he's getting so beat anyways, out every beat time out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so um, funny so they live in a small town in ashton alabama and there is like some thing some monster giant thing that's like terrorizing the town <laughs> and so Carl. he volunteered yeah he volunteers to send him away and he confronts Carl the giant in his cave and he basically talks him into leaving the town with him to go on an, an adventure to uh the big city uh he gives Carl a makeover and he gets like the key to the town and they set out on their journey and so yeah Carl I love Carl <laughs> so cute Carl I love Carl every time I hear that name <laughs> Carl yes there's two Carls it's Car- like Carl like Walking Dead Carl yeah and then there's Jimmy Neutron Jimmy Carl. Neutron Carl yeah. Carl 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 <laughs> like, Miss Bell <laughs> oh my gosh love oh that. my god um he ed decides to take this old haunted path for absolutely no reason just because <laughs> he's like and this looks great <laughs> this looks like a good idea he's yeah like, i think there's not? like a, a line where he's like there comes a point where you know a man will admit that he's wrong but i'm not an app the average man and he just like walks into like this like web of jumping disgusting spiders oh my god yeah yeah so then he stumbles across uh, a tiny tiny town called specter which is this like super adorable and super creepy town <laughs> so creepy. where literally no one wears shoes it's it's definitely super odd because he gets there and they're expecting him and they're like you're early and he meets actually norther winslow who's played by uh steve buscemi <laughs> who's uh, he's supposed to be a poet that has <laughs> is actually from his hometown of ashton he left to go to like paris or something and he stumbled across specter and he just never left (laughs) so and then we see this little girl named jenny she's about eight i believe and so she steals his shoes and tosses them on like the phone line with all the other shoes yeah so we see like kind of specter is this like really weird like stepfordy creepy little town but like everyone is like oddly happy and it's supposed to be this like perfect uh like utopia type of town Mm -hmm. but the reason why is because it's such a small town and it's completely untouched by the outside world yeah like the only way to get into that town is to to stumble across it like he did Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my favorite parts is he sees norther's 12 year poem or 12 year in progress (laughs) poem and it says the grass so green sky so blue specter is really great He's like, are you kidding me? He's like, it's only three lines. <laughs> oh, this is why so you funny. never show a work in progress. This is why you never show. It's like, progress. I stand. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Um, but Ed shocks everybody because uh, he decides to leave Spectre, which has never happened before. And he promises Jenny that he will come back when he's really supposed to, which comes up later in the story. And then he meets up with Carl, kind of flash forward, and Josephine is with Ed. He's in bed. And he tells her the story about you know, how him and Sandra met and how they got and married. And the whole story is essentially flashback to Ed and Carl. They make it to the circus where Danny DeVito is the ringleader and he plays uh, Armor Calloway. And he basically, they get there. Carl finds his new home in the circus because he's like significantly taller than the tallest man on, in the circus. Yes. And we get this whole scene that's really cute. And it's just him telling about how time stops whenever you meet the love of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's just love at first sight with Sandra. And then we get this funny thing where he says, what they don't tell you is that once time starts again, it moves extra fast to catch up. And then he loses his chance to meet Sandra. And so in kind of a way to learn who Sandra is, he agrees to work for uh, Amos for free in exchange for information about Sandra. Uh, He gets one new piece of information for every month that he works for free. (laughs) So (laughs) like the information we get is that her favorite flowers are daffodils. She's going to college and she likes music. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> she likes music. Ed is kind of fed up at this point. He goes to confront Amos, Danny DeVito, and in a weird, unexpected turn, we find out that he's actually a werewolf. Which is yeah, super what odd. the heck? Okay, <laughs> at that point, I literally was like, oh my God, honestly glad that Eddie got shot instead of the wolf because the poor wolf. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what? What a plot twist. I don't understand this movie. This is, I think, the point when I, like, just lost my mind. I was like, what? Like, it's going to be that kind of movie? I told you it was a fantasy. So I was hoping that, like, me, like, stressing it was a fantasy that would prepare you (laughs) enough to know that it's going to be not normal. (laughs) I didn't even think about it in when it comes to Tim Burton, too, because that's just a whole nother genre. Well, it is, but it's also based off of a book. So this isn't even like his like creation, you know, this is just his like adaptation of somebody else's thoughts and somebody else's vision. But I mean, he's definitely the the person to do it because that is like Tim Burton's style is this like just very, very fantastical type of way of telling stories. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he's a werewolf. And so he finally finds out her name. Her name is Sandra Templeton. That's where he begins his courtship. And he finds out that she's engaged to Don Price of all people who is the uh, very <laughs> salty Roy. man <laughs> yeah, Roy but that doesn't stop Ed he's very 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 aggressive <laughs> about his pursuit of uh, Sandra so he does all these like kind of grand gesture type things until finally his last one was he literally plants a field of daffodils which are her favorite flowers outside so of her sorority house cute. beautiful and I love the uh, one thing that I will say, and I was hoping, I thought that this is, if anything, even if I was literally thinking, if Mel hates everything about this movie, I hope the one thing that she likes are the visuals of this movie. Oh, because for sure. Some, like, the town of Spectre, so cute. The set, I mean, even whenever it was run down, I thought it was really great. Of course, the daffodils, the sorority, the crazy, almost obnoxious dreamlike lighting that they do during his flashback. 
flashbacks. Yeah. You know? like no, it's just, incredible. Yeah. It's all of it. I think that yeah. it's, I mean, it's all done purposefully, you know, there's, yeah, it's done on purpose. And I think it's so well done. Yeah. I mean, that's where like, I just like, yeah, Tim Burton maybe is not quite my style, sure. but <laughs> I have the utmost respect for him. He's an incredible storyteller. Yeah, and obviously it shows with his films. Like he did Sweeney Todd too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is probably along my top favorite movies as well. Love. Um, the story of that is incredible. So yeah, like visually he knows what he's doing and I trust sure. that. He's, and he's, he's like an artist. He he knows exactly how he wants uh, his, you know. Yeah, he's the, painting his he picture. Wa- yeah, for sure. He knows what he wants to portray on screen and how it's going to look on screen and he like does everything it takes to make it look that way. And it, no matter how it's kind of perceived or whether, like like you said, like whether or not it's your cup of tea, it's, it's totally, that's just his vision and he's going to go with it. So. Right. But it was beautiful. All the daffodils, oh. gorgeous. Just. Yes, oh, love that. And so basically, he gets his ass kicked, and but he gets the girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> but shortly after, he gets drafted, and he he ends up taking on every hazardous assignment in the hopes of getting his deployment cut down to like under a year instead of three years. They should have this scene where he parachutes down into a like I don't know, <laughs> it was like a Korean talent show. Yeah, that really creepy ventriloquist quiz dummy <laughs> on stage whenever he's dropping in but that's where we meet the uh these conjoined twins who help him escape after he tells him about Sandra <laughs> another and- interesting choice <laughs> But meanwhile, the army believes that he's dead because he's like missing, essentially. So Sandra gets the news from the army that he's dead. But he returns after four months and they reunite and it's really sweet. We get this flash forward again and Will and Josephine are in bed. We kind of get more background about why Will feels kind of the animosity he feels towards his father. And it's just more so, I think, the root of it, even though they don't really focus as much on this part, but the root of it is that he was, wasn't was around very much when he was young. He was gone a lot. And so I feel like that's a more valid reason for his kind of the feelings he has towards his dad versus like the fact that he just tells whimsical stories, you know? Will and Ed talk and Will confronts his dad about all all his storytelling accuses him of a telling elaborate and entertaining lies his whole life. And Ed tells him, I've been nothing but myself since the day I was born. And if you can't see that, then that's your fault, not mine. But Will, he just, he at this point, he just can't really accept his dad for who he is, even though his dad you know, is this like imaginative, creative and very positive storyteller. Teller. It, it, it's kind of turned Will into a more of a cynical one. He is more of a realist Mm -hmm. type of a storyteller, which is totally fine, but it's just the opposite of what his dad is. So it's just that clash. It's interesting because when I think of uh, Eddie and Will, Mm -hmm. I'm like, who would I be more in that in the sense of like, am I a vivid storyteller and like, like how Eddie's like painting Mm -hmm. his life or Will and it's probably more so Eddie, but there's a part of me that also is like, no, like this is the real world. We can't, we can't live up there. Sure. So welcome to my multiple personalities. <laughs> um, literally both of them, but I do like to see, um, I, I think Will has really good character development in this film. And again, that's not something you see until the end, like most films, but right. obviously having watched it all through, it's like really, really nice to look back and like see that full circle for him. Yeah, for sure. Part of that is his character development is kind of digging more into Edward's, Ed's background, you know, and yeah. Um, so it kind of goes on to the next scene where they're cleaning out the shed, which is like Ed's makeshift office. His mom, Sandra, finds letters from whenever 
whenever Ed was went missing during the war, mm-hmm. just like in his story. And so, you know, she basically is like, not all of your dad's stories are fab. Yeah. So it, it, he finally gets like the first piece of actual concrete evidence that something that his dad told him was not a lie, that he actually did go missing during the war. And so we get a flashback, a flashback of young Ed and he's working as a traveling salesman and he's doing it to save up for a house with a white picket fence because that's like the dream mm-hmm. and so he's san- selling uh hand handomatics <laughs> which are these little robot yeah. hand <laughs> holders so cute yeah <laughs> i want one yeah, to right. be honest <laughs> awesome and he ends up running into uh norther steve buscemi at the bank in texas and oh my god he happens to be <laughs> robbing said bank <laughs> this i was like what yeah. <laughs> where I feel like, honestly, at every point in this film, I was just like, what is happening? What? <laughs> what? what? Yeah. Right. And so he makes... Kept me on my toes. Yeah, for sure. He makes Ed an accomplice. Um, and it turns <laughs> out the bank is actually bankrupt. Um, so <laughs> as they're escaping or as they're in their like little getaway thing and he gives, he puts in his like own money because he didn't want to leave. He didn't want like Norther to leave empty handed is what he says. Um, so he like s- explains to him about like the mechanics of, you know, these greedy corporate people, like the higher ups and how that's why the bank went bankrupt. And so Nor- he drops Norther Norther off and Norther decides that he's going to go to Wall Street. <laughs> and so he ends up making a mil- millions. And so after he makes his first million, he sends a check to Ed for like $10,000 so he can buy his first home, buy mm-hmm. the home, which is the home that we see uh, for his family. So it's his, it's his uh, thank you for uh, his uh, being a career advisor or something like that Hmm. so yeah and then we get this scene which is i love this scene so much it's so short but it's ed is in the bathtub and he's just under the water and sandra walks in and she ends up climbing in the tub with him and by the way jessica lange is stunning in this movie yeah no love her forever just in general but in this movie so gorgeous oh my gosh i can't keep my eyes off of her whenever she's on the screen in this Mm. movie but anyways so they're like just kind of holding each other and it's just this moment this really sweet moment where she's trying to hold it together and he's like telling her like it's not my time (laughs) Mm. and it's just really sweet but it's just this moment where they're they're just holding each other and like knowing but they know that his time is almost up so it's just i don't know it's really short scene but i love it so much so while will is going through the shed he comes across a deed to a home that's to uh a jennifer hill who is turns out to be uh helena bottom carter again mm-hmm. and so he goes to specter to see uh this uh jennifer that he suspects is a part of the his father's second life that he's always had suspicions about he's always thought that his dad has been cheating on his mom at some point because mm. he was gone for so long will he meets jenny he asks her if just straight up were you having an affair with my father <laughs> and mm. uh he tells her that you know that ed's dying and she tells him about the story of the second time that ed stumbled across specter mm-hmm. and the town was actually going bankrupt because there was a road that was paved from the main road to the small town so all these government people investors and stuff like that they came in and basically bankrupt the town ed decides to buy the town to save it and so he gets some investors from friends of his own and he saves the town he never asks for rent but the last home that he did not purchase happens to be jenny's home 
So whenever he goes to see her, he finds out that it's actually little Jenny from the first time that he went to Spectre, the one that threw his shoes on the telephone Mm -hmm. wire. (laughs) And she's uh, very upset with him. She's very bitter because he kept his promise, but he came back much later than she thought he was going to. So we get this whole thing of Ed and Carl (laughs) fixing her very slanted, (laughs) broken down home, (laughs) little shack. But they make it over and Jenny basically makes a move on him, but Ed tells her know and that he's in love with his wife Mm -hmm. and she ends up signing over the deed to the home and in return Jenny tells Will that his dad saved the town and just never came back and how the the legend says that the girl became the witch Mm -hmm. and Ed was talking about well you logistically can't be the witch because when he was young you were old and whenever he was old you were young and she was saying well Ed is not a very logical person and Mm -hmm. to Ed there are only two women it's his mother and everyone else which is very sweet so anyway he returns home Uh, everyone's at the hospital and Ed had a stroke and time is nearly up so Will volunteers to stay with his dad and or Ed wakes up and he's kind of like gasping and he you can tell that it's 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 almost time (laughs) And so he asks Will to tell him how it happens and how he goes. And Will tells him, you never told me the story. Like, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I don't know the story of how it happens. Mm -hmm. And like, can you tell me how to start off? And you can see Will's kind of panicking. And he has this moment where he's trying to decide if he wants to appease his father. His, basically his father's wishes to tell him a story, like one last story, or to call for help. He's literally like, looking between his dad and the the, the call switch mm-hmm. and so will tells him a story of how ed goes and he tells him the story about their great hospital escape um so to the river and how when they get there they see everyone everyone's already mm-hmm. there everyone from ed's stories the story of ed's life there's not a sad face there and everyone's just so happy to see him and to send him off the right way we get this beautiful shot of you know everyone celebrating and cheering as they're, he's running through uh, carrying his dad who just happens to weigh nothing because that's just it's will's turn to tell a great grand vivid story just like his dad does mm-hmm. and um sandra is waiting in the river for him where will i mean where ed gives her his ring and will sets ed free where he becomes the beast from the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. and he becomes what he's always been which which is a very big fish and um yeah <laughs> and so i'm like crying incredible be, i know to be to be fair i from this movie like i said it, it's one of those movies that kind of hits me a little differently i have no idea why it, it hits me in like the nostalgia part of my body so like the beginning of this movie like i already had like tears in my eyes <laughs> so when this movie like it was like i knew it was when i was rewatching it i told jimmy i was like okay it's at the 40 minutes left in the movie i was like jimmy can you get me the box of tissues and he's like why are you gonna cry and i was like yeah and he's like what are you watching and i was like big fish and he's like oh and he just grabs it and throws it at me <laughs> i was like you know <laughs> so ed finally he dies um in the hospital bed to the story from will the story his son tells him and he just dies. He die. He dies in a very normal way. Like in mm-hmm. real life, he's dying in a very normal, uh, everyday type of way. But in his mind, he that's not how he goes. He goes the way that his son told him. You know, right. he goes 
with the vision in his head that he's have going out with this one last big grand adventure of this hospital escape where he mm-hmm. turns into the big fish that he's always dreamed of catching and it got away. So then we see one of my favorite, I don't know, this is one of my favorite endings to any movie ever i just Mm. this movie it it gives me chills every single time i think about it and so it's ed ed's funeral service and will start seeing everyone who arrives to say goodbye to his dad and all the people from his stories and we see the korean twins who aren't conjoined but they're twins it was just Mm -hmm. a fancy twist that he put on the story of meeting these uh Mm -hmm. these twins from korea we see carl the giant who actually is a giant named carl (laughs) we see amos the circus leader who Mm -hmm. actually is runs a circus you know we see jenny who he's already met the people from specter are there Mm -hmm. like just everyone whose life has been affected and made better by edward bloom and so many people so many people it's like a massive service it's incredible it's beautiful and it's one of like i said and the the best possible ending and the way that edward would have wanted it to end and it's after the funeral they're all standing around and all these people that he loves all these people that he's impacted in nothing but positive ways are telling stories of their adventures with ed which is like he that's not he wouldn't want anything more than that is for people to be telling stories his stories mm. and um so we get a little fast forward and some really beautiful like narr- background narration from will and it's it's just fast forward to will he's passing down his father's stories to his mm. son which is the biggest mm. like beautiful most beautiful character development because this whole time he's just been so uh, like against everything his dad has stood for his whole life with these stories and how it's affected him and he kind of comes to realize that look this my dad and you know he took all these truths these the most of his stories were based on truths he's just a grand storyteller so he put these elaborate spins twists on these just to make it that much more interesting just to make his uh life that much more interesting because that's how he saw it you know it's not a matter of him lying it's just a matter of this is how he sees life he sees life as this grand thing why not tell the story of it um yeah so he's basically he's passing down these stories and you get this really cute scene of his son telling the stories to all his friends and he's essentially just immortalizing his father through his stories and that's the whole movie <laughs> so standing <dive>. ovation <laughs> Okay, so now I really need to know like what like what your thoughts okay. are because I've been like I've been monologuing for so long now. <laughs> I need, I no, need I need a drink of water. <laughs> okay, well, okay. So here, here it is. Here's what I wrote in my notes. So let me have it. The ending, loved it. Like yeah. like you said, it was incredible. I thought uh, Will's character development kind of tied up at the end, and sure. it's like everything you want for like that kind of like it was real, but it was mm-hmm. still magical. So you get like a the mix of the both, and obviously mm-hmm. you get like Will's satisfied because he knows some of the truth, mm-hmm. but also like the fact that a lot of what his dad said was real. I don't know. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of it, I don't know. For me, it was just a lot. Yeah. Um. So, but I do like Tim Burton films. So it's not like anything of like his fault. I did yeah. think it was a great film. Um. I think 
I think I look at it more of the story and like the cinematography more so. Visually, it was just kind of like, oh my, oh my God, like (laughs) just kind of in your face. But there were, but there was a lot. Like, I think, I think there were more parts that I was in love with than Mm -hmm. parts that I was like, oh, okay. Because it wasn't even that I didn't like it. It was just kind of like, wow, okay. I guess surprise or like shock. But no, it was good. And I honestly can't believe I haven't seen it until now because that's a classic yeah it's definitely one of these things where especially since i think what also is like a big thing too is that you also went into this completely blind and so you did not know what to expect and so when you go and watching it and you're like all of a sudden it has all these really like odd like very odd very unusual you know what i mean it's like over the top like you see like young ed being shot out of a cannon and stuff like that you know like stuff like that but it's i think that's kind of the whole point of it all is that Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be over the top because that's what ed's stories were yes is they were over the top which is why will struggled with it so much from you know a very realistic kind of standpoint and he was like what's real and what's not because everything that you've ever told me you've told me as if it's fact but i know that it's impossible so it can't be fact but then finally that's i think that's the whole point of the whole story is that at the end he kind of he realizes that what's it doesn't matter because it's all it's based in truth his way of telling this me these stories wasn't for wasn't to be it, it wasn't it wasn't done in a way that's meant to be uh, malicious or anything like that you know what i mean like right. he's not trying to lie to his son he's trying to be who he's always been which is this mm. person who wants people to and wants his son especially to look at life as a grand this grand adventure you know yeah it's it, it's definitely a lot uh <laughs> as far as but i think it goes but yeah it's, yeah it's, it's definitely but like i said it's it, i think that's kind of just goes with i think anytime that i'm yeah. like okay this is like a fantasy film we're probably gonna see something that's a, a little bit like unusual <laughs> unusual right and i think i i agree with you i think it goes really yeah. well with the story and like it, that that's it personality like and it honestly it felt like i was will and seeing and being told these stories like yeah coming from like just i don't know like i do love fantasy films and like sci-fi stuff but with this i don't know it was just kind of like there were like it, it was for me at some points where it was like that's hard to believe and so that's where i think it was just an interesting place to be in a like watching a film for sure um and fully being in like where will is and that's why i said earlier like um who do i feel more like will or yeah. or eddie so i think it's a mix of both but definitely while this was happening like like yeah well you have like those doubts you're like wow that's like a lot there's like wow yeah. i mean obviously it's a movie <laughs> yeah but yeah, sure. you're like wow that's um that's big mm-hmm. and so to see another character kind of fight that battle also is like yeah. it's huge so yeah no it's it it was good i i think it was good it's just i think i was just surprised i think <laughs> Like, my mouth was open for most of it, and my eyes were massive, and I'm like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I totally could get that. Yeah, well, and also, too, I think it depends, because I've actually, I have not read the book yet, so I, I imagine that, like, you know, as a director, sure, you can take certain liberties with how these, the story is going to pan out and play out on screen. Like, you can change certain things. But I mean, I can't imagine uh, Tim Burton, who's like a storyteller himself, you know, I can't imagine him taking a book and then 
making it something that's like just so overdone just to cater to what his craft usually looks like um he probably I'm, i'm assuming that the book itself is probably just as over the top when it comes to Ed's stories, if mm. not more, because typically books are a lot more detailed and there's usually a lot more going on in uh, right. books than they than they do in the actual um, film adaptations mm. of these books. So, yeah. But, well, I'm happy that you liked it. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's, I've actually, I've, I've never come across somebody that dislike this movie so but for me like i said it was just one of those movies that whenever i was making my list i was just like i have to put this book this movie in because i just think it's such a uh yeah i i'm a tim burton fan i love tim burton i love he's one of my faves i love fantasy type of things i love very over the top type of things like this too where it's just it's just fun it's not meant to be like it's serious obviously the movie is serious i mean it made, makes me cry every time i watch it mm. so but it's supposed to be more lighthearted than it is heavy mm. even though the ending is ending the way it is like you know his his dad passing it's the whole story itself is supposed to be light and fun and right. i do i i like that even if it's done in a way that's like crazy but like i said i I just i think it's supposed to be that way so uh okay i'm gonna go over some just quick facts real quick i have a a few actually so some facts uh we have uh ewan mcgregor he was actually cast to play young ed bloom when the producers noticed that there was like a very shocking similarity between him and young Albert Finney, who plays uh, older Edward Bloom. So I thought that was pre- pretty cool. Mm. Helena Bonham Carter, she was actually pregnant during the filming of this movie. Wow. So, yeah. And she's married to Tim Burton, right? Uh, or like they're together. They're partners. Yeah, they're together. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're actually officially married, but they're yeah, definitely together. But yeah. Okay. Your girl Marion. <laughs> it's it's actually her first um American feature film. Oh, that I did not know. Yes. And another fun, really cute thing that I actually loved uh th- about her is that she's a huge timber and fan oh. and she was very very like excited and hopeful to get it like into one of any one of his films and so she actually slept with the script to this film under her pillow for a month oh. until she got the part <laughs> oh yeah cute. isn't that cute i was like she's such a fan that she's just like i'm gonna sleep with this under my pillow and just every night until i can get the until i get the part <laughs> oh my gosh amazing yeah i love that super cute yeah and then there's the, the whole scene where young edward bloom is singing in the church and like everything starts growing and popping mm-hmm. whenever his voice cracks that one single note that we hear when it cracks was actually Ewan McGregor singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, oh, I thought that was great. Yeah, um, the god. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, we don't hear much of his voice, right, unfortunately, right, right. but I thought it was really funny. Uh, initially, Steven Spielberg was attached to this project, and he wanted uh, Jack Nicholson Whoa. to star. But he had to drop out due to a full schedule. So uh, Tim Burton was signed on almost immediately afterwards. Whoa. For some reason, I feel like it would have been a little heavier with Spielberg. Uh, Let's see. Matthew uh, McGregory, who played Carl, he 
held the world record for the largest foot size. Uh, he wore size 29 and a half. <gasps> yeah. That can't like exist. <laughs> no, I mean, that's definitely specially made. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That's insane. Yeah. He unfortunately died two years after the film released uh, from natural oh causes. Apparently, he also the uh, circus performer who played Colossus. His name was Colossus in the uh-huh. in the movie. He was shown in the movie to be like significantly shorter than Carl, but in reality, he was actually only three inches shorter than him. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, so it's just the oh my staging and everything like that oh, made it look sure. like he was sm- shorter. But he, yeah, he was uh, seven foot three, and then Carl was Oof. seven foot six. So. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy. gnarly. Um, and the last one, I thought that was this was kind of cool, and it kind of uh, back to what we were talking about when we were talking about like Will and whatnot. But the screenwriter for this movie, uh, John August, he says that he identified with Will's character when he was adapting it, and he was adapting it very much after himself and his own experience. So um, in college, uh, his father also passed like Will. And just like Will, he attempted to get to know his father before his death, but he found it really difficult. And so he also studied journalism, uh, just the same as Will. The line where he says, I didn't see anything of myself and my father, and I don't think he saw anything of himself in me. And we were like strangers who knew each other very well. Um, that was his description of the relationship between uh, Will and Edward was also very closely related to the screenwriter, John, his own relationship with his father. So um, Tim Burton basically used the film to confront his thoughts and his emotions concerning the death of his father. And so they kind of really, I think that basically what it is, is just like the film, like doing the screenwriting, plus the whatever Tim Burton was very much pushing him (laughs) to uh, kind of confront these feelings. And it's really, really kind of changed a lot of his perspective on on the the relationship that he had with his father because of the similarities between Will and uh, himself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. I thought it was really cool. And it's it's heavy, but it's really cool. Love me some heavy. <laughs> it's real, though. So that's the realest in you. That's just kind of uh, liking that, definitely that uh, little tidbit. But I thought that was super cool because, one, it was like this movie – that he just so happened to be picked to adapt it was like it, it was like it could not have been more meant to be for him because it yeah, was it sure. was so uh on brand for his own life so but yeah that's all i have as far as anything oh interesting to say <laughs> what a great pick <laughs> actually yeah you did really good <laughs> you always do good though oh no it- oh shit <laughs> <laughs> well yeah we'll we'll see how how the rest of them go but yeah this one is a it's very near and dear to my heart and know next week is your episode which i am yes. excited to hear what you're gonna pick but i am oh big genre twist oh, just so we know but yeah i do i did love this film i think it's it's like not one that i would normally pick to watch but yeah. it's definitely made itself on my list of like respectable films yeah so well, I'm Big. happy for that. Yeah, like I said, visually, the score I thought was really good, too. I didn't even mention that. Um, that was uh, Danny Elfman did the score for that. Oh, of course who, it was Danny. Yeah, they do really well together, him and Tim. But And Danny Elfman is just like a genius in himself. Genius. Like, he's yeah. so good. Yes. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening yes. and tuning in to this 
very special episode on Tim Burton's Big Fish. Follow us on social media on Instagram at Film Interrupted to stay up to date with our latest episodes and any updates that revolve around this coronavirus and some fun and all that jazz um yes be patient with us too because with everything that's going on we're like doing our best for sure yes uh yeah so give us a follow uh if you enjoyed this podcast this episode any of the episodes or if you didn't enjoy it i mean it don't matter to me just uh give us a <laughs> give us a good rating you know do something yes do your good deed give us for a the follow week. you've been blessed yes so we appreciate yeah. it. All right, cool. Well, then Love we that. will catch up with you later. Uh, catch up with you later. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> um, Bye. We were just saying. Yeah. <laughs> later, skaters. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye.